0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world right now. It is your boy C I double Z Y live action from Kansas City, Missouri, and we are here live on another episode of the Culture Talks podcast. TCT, baby, we here again. And I know it's a little abnormal for me to come back on with the news that it's another Solo solo Dello episode because you guys are used to me having interviews on here, interviewees and guests talking about their lives. And of course, we have more guests coming up. Don't worry. That's not stopping. I'm going to continue interviewing dope individuals till the day I die. You feel me? On um, on larger and larger platforms, of course, because the TCT, the Culture Talks podcast, is going to be continuing to grow over the next 15 years. So Y'all ain't got to worry about that. But the interviews will never stop. The interviews will never stop. So um, don't worry. We have uh, Kali Comedy coming on or y'all might know him as Let's Roll, friends. Um, he's a he's a local Kansas Cityan, um, but he's also a dope comedian. Makes a lot of dope skits. We have Cherie Sense coming on in the next coming weeks. She's a well, we have Cherie, who is the owner of Cherie Sense, um, which is a candle company. She creates candles. She's a local business owner here in Kansas City. We have brand man Sean. Some of you artists may know him from Instagram. He has a pretty solid following on there. Also on YouTube. Um, and we're just going to talk to him about a lot of dope shit. Obviously, we're going to talk about his, you know, you know, origins, his origin story. But we definitely going to dive into some topics that will help some of you artists, some of you creatives, some of you comp- content producers out there that are interested in learning a little bit more about what he thinks about um, everything I just mentioned. So we have him coming on in sometime in December. So don't worry. We have more guests coming on. But as of right now, we're going to be doing quite a few solo dolo episodes this is going to be um solo dolo episode number two obviously the first few episodes of the culture talks podcast did have just me on there but we haven't done that in over like almost a year so um yeah we're here back again with another solo dolo episode and today we're going to be talking about failure we're going to be talking about um losses we're going to be talking about um you know failures, losses, and the marathon as Nipsey Hussle would say. And um, I just have a few thoughts on that that I'd like to share. So I guess you could kind of look at it as a um, motivational episode today or an inspirational episode. We're just going to talk about a few things and um, you know, I'm just going to speak life into myself and into y'all. So that's what today's episode will be about. But before we do that, I do want to say thank you for every listener every commenter every um person who texted me um about the last solodella episode i released a few days ago about group economics a lot of people um have heard about group group economics before but hadn't heard somebody dive uh or haven't researched or done um a deep dive into group economics or or hadn't heard much more besides just the word itself so a lot of people reached out and said that it was a dope episode that they enjoyed it that they were you know trying to think of different ways that they could go about doing the same thing and it was dope um my boy Luis Cruz he's a hustler if y'all if y'all just on Facebook or if you're a local person that I grew up with you may know him but um he is in I believe drywall and he also does painting basically he does a lot of things in the um home building construction um Labor work field, a lot of stuff, but I believe drywall excellence is what he's, um, you know, in right now. I got to do some more research about exactly what he's doing, but um, uh, yeah. So I think drywall and painting. But long story short, I think he just started his own business um, in that world and has been hustling, you know, trying to make sales calls and and secure clients and really build up his portfolio of clients, I guess you could say. And um, he really enjoyed that episode and he's been showing a lot of love on Facebook about that topic. So I'm sure he and I in the next coming weeks will get together um, and you know discuss that and see what we can do. Maybe we can find a way to... Um, Put some of the things I talked about into practice together as a group. So shout out to Luis and shout out to everyone else who talked about group economics with me after me releasing that episode. Um, But what I do want to talk about is a few more things on the topic of group economics before we jump into the full episode that we have here today. Um, So before we do that, let's run it back to... Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. We had to take a quick pause right there because I do live with my niece as well, and she likes to sometimes come watch me do my podcast, but she's always a little awkward about it and um, never like comes and actually sits there quietly and not not bothering me. She tends to make noise and stuff, so she was making some noise in the background. I had to take a quick pause and send her back upstairs, But, um, but yeah. As I was saying, before we jump into the topic today, um, I did want to go back to the topic of group economics and just talk about two more things that I forgot to mention, which were pretty important. I'm surprised I forgot to mention in the last um, episode on group economics, but was the power, the, 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 the buying power that the black community has. Okay, And so in 2019, black buying power was $1.4 trillion dollars. Now, you may be wondering, what is buying power? To keep it simple, this isn't like a definition from Google, Google might describe it a little bit different and way better, but from my understanding, buying power is just literally the amount of access, Um, let me give you an example, so when you have a credit card, um, it increases your buying power, buying power means you have access to more funds to purchase more consumer products or services, right? Okay, so the more money and the more uh, and the better your credit is means the more access you have to um, the money you need to consume or buy a product or a service or invest or whatever that might be. So buying power here in this um, context is just black buying power, the amount of money that the entire black population here in America has access to and has and and, and spent um, and so the black buying power, power black buying power in 2019 was 1.4 trillion dollars now the fun fact within that is that that's on par with many countries' gdp so <clears throat> essentially just the black community which i believe is only 12 to 14% of the united states of america has access to as not access but has as much the buying power that our community has is as large as or larger than some entire countries in this world have. 1.4 trillion dollars. Some countries do not even have that level of buying power. That 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 high of a GDP. And the black community, which is only 12 to 14 percent of the United States of America, has that in their entire community. So, in other words, the money that the the, the money we're spending, the money. Um, you know over an entire year like 2019 that we're spending and, and that we have access to apparently to to put into the market is as high as or more than some countries spend is in their countries so the idea of group economics really gets put into perspective there like we can really practice group economics we can really have own run our own communities here in the United States of America. We can really have not just one Black Wall Street, not just two Black Wall Streets, but Black Wall Streets across all the major cities in every state across the country. It is literally a possibility. It is literally a possibility. And maybe you're listening right now and you're a minority, but you're not Black or brown. Well, guess what? Minority markets have 39 trillion dollars in buying power 3.9 mil trillion dollars in buying power and i think don't let that just fly over your head i want you to go look up how many million goes into a trillion i want you to go look up how many billions go into one trillion and we're not talking about one trillion we're talking about 1.4 trillion for the black community and 3.9 trillion In buying power for minority markets in general okay so the the amount of money that we have in our communities in all of our pockets is definitely not a lot compared to the majority of America the majority population the majority um, ethnicity of America of course it's very little but it is enough to create our own group economies in our own communities Okay. And I don't want you guys to let that fly over your head. So really go look up how much money that is. Go look up the GDPs of some countries that have less than $1.4 trillion. I want you to go. Then after you do all that, I want you to think about your family and I want you to think about your friends and people, you know, and where they spend their money. Okay. I want you to think about you, your family, your friends, where they spend their money. And um, when we look at TV, when we look at people in our community who hold a lot of money, who have a lot of money, whether that's artists, whether that's athletes, or, um, yeah, let's just say those are the people who we see the majority of the time. I'm not saying those are the only people that are black that have money, but those are the people we see, those are the people that are popularized. I want you to look at what they're promoting. I want you to think about what they're purchasing with their money. Now, I want you to think about all 1.4 trillion of those dollars and think about if we redirected that Buying power back into our communities. Powerful. Powerful. So I just thought before I moved on to the topic of today that I would go back and talk a little bit about group economics from the last episode and touch on those two things about the buying power of minority markets, the buying power of black, the black community in America. And just for you all to put into perspective how possible it is to create your own group economy in your own community. Okay, so I hope that made sense, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning into that part. And now we are going to get into the main topic of today's episode, which is failure, the marathon, as Nipsey Hussle would say, and taking L's. So the other day I was looking through my notes, which I have here to my left of me if you're watching this on video. Um, And one of the notes I had in here that said people quit early because of insecurities around lack of engagement. And that really stood out to me. That really stood out to me because I'm one of those individuals who sometimes go through phases feeling like I want to quit, feeling like I no longer want to invest time and energy into producing content, into pushing my content, into um, trying to build a podcast, into trying to build this apparel company that I'm working on. There's moments of uncertainty where I'm not sure if I'm going to continue pushing on. But it's simply because of exactly what I have written here. It's simply because of my own personal insecurities around the lack of engagement in the content that I'm producing and posting. So let me give you guys an idea of what my podcast is looking like right now. I have been, and you know, I should, like, this is like personal information to me, again, because it's an insecurity, I post my podcast so much. I share it with all my friends. I've been doing it consistently for about a year now. And people think that just because I've connected with all these people, because I have all, that I post all these episodes, that my podcast must be popping and I must have hundreds of thousands of listeners and I must be making crazy money off of ads or something. No, not at all. So over the entire year, over 40 plus interviews, over over 50 to 60, probably more, I'm going to say 60 to 80 hours of content uh, um, through all my podcasts, I still only have an estimated audience of 25 consistent listeners. I have a total on all of those episodes of 2,100 plays, and the current balance in my ad wallet is only $9. Okay? Okay. Now, I want to put that into perspective. I've been doing this podcast consistently for a year. I post on my Instagram page. I post on my stories. I use my personal page to promote my episodes. Sometimes I send them off to all my to as many followers as I can. Um, I send the links off to families and friends. I ask, well, sometimes I ask my listeners, or I mean my, my guests, to share with their community. And even through all of that, I still haven't surpassed 2,100,000 total – I mean 2,100 total plays. I still haven't surpassed – I think like at one point I had uh, upwards of 35 estimated listeners, and that changes week to week depending on um, how popular each episode is. But I still haven't gotten to like 60 um, monthly estimated listeners. Um and my ad wallet is still hasn't hit $10. And this is a year, a year of what I'd say relatively consistent production of podcast content. And throughout that year, I feel like I've wanted to quit so many times. I've wanted to stop doing the podcast so many times. I thought I was wasting my time so many times. But that's because of a whack insecurity around the lack of engagement that I'm getting. And if we want to really break it down, that comes back to ourselves. That comes back to ourselves. If we want to increase our engagement, sorry, guys, I have an itchy throat today. But if we really want to increase our engagement, we have to get better at marketing. We have to produce better content. We have to produce better quality content. We have to have better conversations. We have to have better guests. And of course, my guests that are coming on are dope. And they continue to get better. They continue to get more um, vibey. The episodes continue to get better little by little. Um, the content I post has developed over time. Um, how I post, how I promote, how I market has developed. But it needs to consistently get better in order for that engagement to pick up. But the funny thing about the internet is also something my note my notes here is that it's a net-net game. So... If you're getting 17 likes and 15 dislikes, this is something that Gary Vaynerchuk said. You're not negative 17. You're, you're, uh, you're not. If you're getting 17 likes and 15 dislikes, you're not negative 15. You're plus two. It's a net net game in this content production era. It's a net net game in business. And once you enter business, once you enter this content production world, you are subject to the judgment, to the opinions of your potential consumers. So if you put a product product out there into the world, or if you give a service, or if you create content, you now are subject to the judgment and opinions of others. They can say they think your service is trash. They can say they think your podcast is trash. But you'll also have individuals who think it's amazing. You'll have individuals that have changed their life and you have to be comfortable with focusing on the positive, letting the negative motivate you, and also being able to pick and choose when a negative comment or a perceived negative comment is actually just constructive criticism and that you can take something that they say and utilize that to grow. Okay, so I think it's important to touch on because I know so many people who have started things and they haven't finished them. So many people who have started something, but they haven't finished it. They've started a podcast, but they quit so early because they weren't getting any followers on their Instagram podcast page. They've started an apparel company, but because they didn't sell out the first try, they gave up entirely. They started a um, personal training business or company, but just because it failed and the business sold out and they went into debt, they never decided to go back in even though they love it and they know that that's for them. I know people who have started so many companies, have started posting so much content, but then just halted completely and gave up because of their insecurities and fear around the lack of engagement, the lack of positive feedback, the lack of eyes on what they're producing. And this is where we've gone wrong, man. This is where we've gone wrong as a generation, I think, personally. But, you know, I mean, old people feel like this too. But definitely in our generation, we do not like delayed feedback. And I understand that. Everyone wants a smooth um, feedback loop so that they can utilize that feedback to grow and develop. But unfortunately, if the feedback is negative or somebody doesn't like something or all of its construction constructive criticism, which you could leverage and use to grow and blow whatever your business is up, blow your content up, you fear being told that it's not good enough. You fear being told no. You fear um, how people are going to look at you because you're not getting a lot of likes. And you're insecure about it. And you're letting that prevent you from potential immense success. I think we oftentimes forget because all we see on TV is these individuals who are billionaires, now millionaires, now successful artists, successful businessmen, successful singers, successful drawers, painters, artists, whatever it is, and we don't see anything about their grind from the bottom going up. We only see where they're at, and sure, you can blame that on you know, <clears throat> the internet, but I would say Blame it on yourself for not using common sense to understand that not everyone starts winning. Everyone takes L's. The difference between a billionaire and you, a millionaire and you, a person who only has 500 followers but is surviving off of their art or off of their business, is that they took their L and they turned it into a lesson. You took your L and turned it into a reason for you to quit, a reason. For you not to try anymore. And we need to change that mindset because everyone takes L's. Everyone has to go through a learning curve. Every single person has to go over bumps along the pathway to success in whatever they are doing. So the audacity. <laughs> For one to think that just because they posted 10 posts or just because they posted for one year that they deserve a million followers, that they deserve a million dollars, is really audacious. We expect things so fast today because, you know, we get text in two seconds. We can send money. We can purchase things in two seconds. So because of that, because of the quickness, the speed that things move on earth, we also expect our success to move that fast. But listen here, that one success story that you heard about where somebody was a quote unquote overnight success behind the blinds was 20 years, 15 years, five years, three years, hundreds of years of their family doing something and they finally capitalized off of it in this generation. Whatever it might be, I promise you behind those blinds was a lot of blood, sweat, in tears. I promise you. So today, I wanted to talk about this quote or this piece of my notes that was in here. I wanted to talk about the fact that luck is not a strategy and that we need to learn to lose. Luck is not a strategy. Nobody won or become a billionaire based off of pure luck. Now, luck may be a component of it. But luck is not a strategy. You can't just do something and hope to get lucky, hope to go viral. You have to strategize. Actually, you have to put in action consistently for years. You have to put in work. You have to learn. You have to grow. You have to take losses on the chin and keep pushing. That is how you win. That is how you succeed. That is how you create generational wealth. That is how you get smarter. That is how you become a notable leader in your community. Not through luck. Okay? So understand this. We need to adopt Nipsey Hussle's marathon attitude. Every single person that listens to this podcast needs to adopt Nipsey Hussle's the marathon continues attitude. A marathon is 26 point something miles. Imagine you, who can't even run 0.5 miles today, including myself, I can barely run a mile going on a 26-mile run. And yes, you can stop. You can walk. But you have to finish 26 miles. At points during that marathon, you're going to be fatigued. You're going to hurt. Your muscles are going to cramp up. You're going to get rashes. You're going to get scraped up. You may trip and fall. You may get surpassed by 25 other individuals it may take 24 hours it may take more than 24 hours for you you will have to walk you may have to crawl and at some point you'll be able to run but understand that just as long as you don't quit the marathon will continue until you complete the marathon until you pass through that ribbon until you break through that rope until you pass over that finish line and once you do that it's time for a new marathon You don't just stop because you've completed one thing. You enjoy that moment. You enjoy that win. You enjoy the losses you took along that win, whether that's a twisted ankle, a scrape on your knee, cramps, body aches. Um, Maybe you passed out. Who knows? Maybe you hurt your internal organs, whatever it is, but you completed the marathon nonetheless. So you may have to endure pain, scars, scrapes. But just as long as you don't quit, you will finish that marathon. And Nipsey Hussle also says the only distinguishing factor between him and anybody else is that he just didn't quit. And the fact that some of us are actually quitting just because we're not getting enough likes, just because somebody didn't buy our product, just because people aren't buying our services right now in this moment, in the time time that we expected, that we wanted, is very funny. It's very audacious. The only way we can win, the only way we can continue to grow and succeed in our lives is if we decide to embrace the marathon, if we decide to not quit and give up because of our insecurities and fear around lack of engagement. These are the only ways we can win. So today, on this podcast, I beg of you to not only stop giving a shit about likes, comments, and engagement on your social medias, but to stop expecting things to work within your time limit. Because that's not how life works. Things happen when they happen, but they don't happen because of luck. Things happen when they happen, but they need the... When these things happen, they need to happen because it was accompanied with hard work, with dedication, with willpower, and with the determination to win. So with that being said, don't quit. Don't give up. Luck is not a strategy. Move with an actual strategy. Plan out your goals. Plan out how you're going to reach these goals. And before you start on this journey, commit to never, ever, ever quitting. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another mini podcast. Solo Dolo with your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, Carla Stutzer. Make sure you leave a like, comment, a five-star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as that is the only way we can grow. Thank you again. Enjoy your day. I love y'all. Salut.